Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. Cheers. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Real nice. That's very good. So what are a day like today? This is our 2016 Arousal Blend. This is a blend of about 70% Viognier and 30% Gewürztraminer. Nice. Uh, sourced from all over Sonoma County. The Viognier comes from Knights Valley, and the Gewürz is Dry Creek Valley. Nice. And it's nice and cold, and you're right, perfect on a hot day. Perfect like on today. a hot day. It's got a good amount of body to it that it can support itself, but just really clean, easy drinking. All right. All right. I'm going to steal another sip of this while uh, I introduce Josh. <laughs> uh, so welcome, Josh. Welcome Thank to the you podcast. Thank so you for having me. Uh, you are the... Um, Tasting room manager at Thumbprint Cellars here in Healdsburg. That is correct. Been here uh, almost eight months now, relocated up from the Bay Area. Moved up to Sonoma County, been loving it ever since. How can you not? Right. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Every time I come here, I'm like, I need to find a way to yes, stay. Exactly. Right? Every day I'm on my daily commute through the Russian River Valley, I'm driving through vineyards, these back roads. Just a nice reminder of how ridiculously lucky we are up here. It's it's absolutely insane. Yeah, and it's good that you still have that appreciation, oh, yeah. you know, because, you know, you don't, hopefully you never hit to that point where you're just driving by it every <laughs> yeah. day and you don't even care anymore. Don't even right? notice. It'd be hard not to. It's especially right now, you know, all of the vines are just full of grapes, full clusters. It's so green. It's lush. It's, it's, it's high energy. Everybody's picking and there's tractors everywhere. It's just so exciting to be yeah. in the area. It's absolutely beautiful. And I noticed that on driving here on the way. I mean, those there's grapes, just massive yeah. things of yeah. grapes just hanging right off it's, the vines. It's, it's crazy. Beautiful. A lot of people's picking has been delayed uh, because of all that water we got in February, March. We had really bad flooding in March. Um, and so it just kind of pushed everything back a couple of weeks. Actually, at Thumbprint, we only have a small portion of our grapes picked. Um, and we're kind of just sitting around waiting on the rest of them now. Not sitting around. There's certainly stuff in well, tanks. Yeah. <laughs> and things are happening. But typically, a typical harvest would have kicked off early September. That's what I was saying. That's now, a little unusual mm-hmm. from what little I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and even the grapes we're getting uh, two weeks ago on the Thursday, two weeks ago, we had our little harvest kickoff celebration. And we had some Zin and Pinot grapes in there. And they were just just big suckers. They were so full, so lush. They were delicious. So everything's coming in just ready to go. So this is going to be the 2019 vintage, right? Yes, so correct. So keep yeah. your eyes open. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Give it, it a few like. years, you'll see them pop up. But some people are calling for it to be similar to the 2015 vintage, I've heard, uh, which was a fantastic year. But that was, funny enough, one of the last drought years that we had. Mm. So we have the complete opposite end of the spectrum here with a very, very wet year to start. So... We'll see what happens. It's always yeah. kind of a guessing game, but it's fun. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay, and so the first time we have anybody on, too, uh, we always like to ask them a little bit about your history or relationship yeah. with alcohol. So, Totally. Uh, really, you know, as a, as a young kid, didn't really drink ever in high school. Uh, I think I drank once or twice with my brothers when they were house-sitting or something. What a good kid. And, you know, I really <laughs> behaved myself. Uh, not that I really had a choice. I just didn't know any better. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> And then I uh, got to college and really discovered what a lot of college kids do, mm-hmm. you know, plastic handles of gross vodka and <laughs> bagged wine. And oh, uh, yeah. I was in, in college when Four Locos were still a thing. Okay. The original <laughs> recipe Four Locos, too. Now, what's Four Locos? Four Loco gonna... is a malt liquor drink that was originally really injected with a lot of caffeine oh okay yes and i think they killed some people i think i remember <laughs> that yes fortunately not you well, yeah not me we we made it through uh but that was really the, the 
my intro uh, into alcohol drinking was the really not fun stuff and the you know the natty lights and the things like that that a lot of <laughs> yeah. 18 year old kids can get their hands on right <laughs> um so just kind of that was my start into just alcohol in general and then i, I got into wine uh, at the age of 22 i actually was just looking for a serving job and i went to school at san jose state so in the los gatos area and i got a serving job at this really incredible little wine bar down there an italian wine bar and i literally the only wine i knew was the stuff that came out of a bag mm-hmm. and that yeah, was up it. to that and point it, it, up to that point i had had stuff that came out of a bag or like one of those big jugs you can get from a grocery store for <laughs> yep. real cheap because i was very classy well <laughs> and you're a college kid you <laughs> exactly. drink what you can get and what you cheap, get your hands right? on what you can afford <laughs> absolutely um and so i i ended up landing this really incredible job at the really cool wine bar um, and just immediately got introduced to absolutely incredible wines. It was a part retail shop, part wine bar. So we had about 300 wines on the retail shelf and wow. 15 to 20 wines by the glass on the menu and just kind of got tossed into the deep end drinking really, really interesting. Some stuff. of those had to have just like blown your blown mind, right? my mind. I'll never forget the first time I, I tasted uh, like a real Cabernet Sauvignon, like a not like a knockoff, you know, yeah. made off the lees, you know, something that was a legitimate one. And I didn't really know how to process it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of blew my mind from there. And then I just kind of fell in love with trying all the weirdest stuff I could get my hands on your Norella Masculaces, your Aligotes, things like that, that I just nobody else knew about or nobody was talking about. It's like, oh, I, I have to try this. Yeah. I have to know. Yeah. And just ran it, ran with it from there. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm very similar too. I mean, yeah. I I remember my still to this day my very first that wine that that it's like this is why people talk about exactly. wine, right? Because yeah, exactly. oh, wine, 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 and you're yeah. just like, I don't know, yeah, it's okay, right? Yeah, right? That's what old people drink. That's what yeah. rich guys drink. You yeah, know? it's not. It's, it wasn't something in my mind that was accessible. Yeah, and especially growing up in San Jose, you're right by the Santa Cruz Mountains. There's a lot of really small producers out there that are doing incredible things. Amazing things, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't realize any of that was right there and that I could appreciate it as well. Yeah. So it really opened the door to understanding what was there and and what I could do with it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then brought you here to Thumbprint Cellars. Thumbprint Cellars, yep. Uh, I kind of got away from wine for a bit. You know, growing up in San Jose, again, really thought tech was the only option. Yeah. Did that for a bit and realized that wasn't for me. So I uh, was, was looking around at what I should be doing with myself, having a quarter-life crisis. So, <laughs> I like that. Uh, got to start early. <laughs> got to get, get it out of the way then, and then the rest of life is gravy. Um, and it was just kind of looking around, thinking about what I wanted to pursue, and was looking actually into uh, Sonoma State has their their wine institute, the yes. school. I was looking for a, a master's program through there, mm. uh, the MBA in wine business. But then I decided I should probably not be a bum and get a job first. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's probably wise. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so that led me up here. I, I met with uh, the owners, Scott and Erica, and we all kind of fell in love with each other and decided to come on board. And it's been a great time ever since. Nice, yeah. nice. So tell me a little bit about Thumbprint Cellars for yeah. those who don't know. I know because I've got several friends who are actually wine club members and they've dragged me here a few times. <laughs> uh, not kicking or screaming, yeah, trust me, yeah. very happily. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so tell us a little bit about Thumbprint Cellars, who you guys are, yeah. what makes you unique. Totally. So uh, we are an artisan winery, so we make less than 5,000 cases a year. About now we're making probably about 4,500 cases a year. Our owner, winemaker Scott Lindstrom Dick, entirely self-taught. Uh, he had grown up between kind of San Francisco and his parents have some property up here. So he'd been in the wine, around wine his entire life. Uh, self-taught winemaker, he actually studied art. He got his Bachelor of Fine Art from Dominican College. Nice. Uh, and he spent 
a year in um, Italy studying Renaissance art and fell in love with the idea of winemaking. Mm-hmm. So when he came back, he decided that he was going to teach himself how to do it. So his wife bought him a book on winemaking, <laughs> picked up some grapes, and just started making wine in his garage. Uh, the thumbprint actually is his thumbprint. Uh, oh, okay. Because all the bottles have a, a thumbprint yes, on there. This is the perfect conversation for an audio medium. but Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when he was first starting out, he would fill glass with his his wine and write on the bottle what was in there and one time the paint pen he was using exploded all over the bottle as he's trying to clean it up left a thumbprint on one of the bottles really liked how it looked so he did it on a bunch of other ones him and his wife took it to a holiday party and everybody started referring to it as thumbprint wine okay and 25 years later we're uh, going strong that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, That's it's, fun. It's a fun little story. The, the thumbprint on there is it's only about a 90% accurate rendition of his. Oh, so I can't for, take it to go. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 It used to be his actual thumbprint, but then when the technology advanced, <laughs> people were like, uh, you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, that's um, probably wise. <laughs> yeah, so we source all of our grapes, so we don't actually have any of our own vines. Uh, we do have our production facility out in the south part of Geyserville out in Alexander Valley, mm-hmm. um, where we do produce all of our wine. But we source primarily from the four surrounding valleys of Healdsburg, Alexander Valley, Knights Valley, Russian River, and Dry Creek. Yeah. And anyone who's familiar with wines knows most of those exactly. names, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Northern California wines, those are some of the yeah. the, the best, uh, oh, what are they called? AVAs. AVAs. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Now, what we're here today to do... And and I got I had to kind of stop myself from continuing <laughs> to sip on, on this because uh, it's, it's delicious. But we're doing because you guys one of the things you guys do that's a little bit unique, which I thought was awesome, and see if we can walk through yeah. this today is the way you do your tastings is you taste them with cheeses or, or mm-hmm. other things like chocolates yeah. with your ports, things Absolutely. like that. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about that, and then we're actually going to go through and do a tasting and really kind of understand how that's affecting the flavors and all that other kind of stuff. Totally. So it's, it's something that we've been doing about a year now, um, and it just highlights what you can do with wine. Wine doesn't just have to be something that you pop open a bottle and have a glass after a long day of work or after a celebration or something like that. Yeah. It can be something that you use to enhance a dish you're making, or if you've made a dish and you have a bottle of wine sitting around, something that you can pop open and really, really dig into. So it kind of highlights a, a aspect of wine and wine tasting and the whole wine experience that a lot of people don't really think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times every single week when I'm, I'm interacting with guests and they're like, I didn't, I've never even thought about pairing wine with food, which to me blows my mind because it, it, that's just how it works in for me. But yeah. it's, it's such a nice way to illuminate another aspect of it for people that might not ever have that opportunity. Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, I think, and we did a wine pairing episode a while back, but a lot of times I think people think of the wine as one thing and the food as totally. another, right? Totally. You, you don't always put it together, but most of the time when you're drinking, I mean, at least for me anyway, yeah. you're also eating, right? Yeah. You would hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah. Otherwise there might Otherwise, be a problem. You might need to look into that. Um, yeah. yeah it, it's, it is true. And a lot of people too, for wine pairings, a lot of a lot of places do really big seated five course things where we just do very simple half ounce little pieces of cheese, not even a half ounce of cheese with maybe a little fruit topping or something like that to just pick and pick apart those little things to help highlight certain aspects of each wine that you're drinking. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this overblown big thing. It's just as simple as look at this little citrus note as it compares with this white wine that you're drinking and it totally can open up any 
bottle of wine. Yeah, and and I've had that happen before, which is why I'm like, when you suggested that we do this, I'm yeah. like, that's brilliant because I've had tastings where, and, and I've never fully had it explained to me. So hopefully we're gonna we'll understand yeah, this yeah, a little yeah. bit more today, at least uh, more than I did, which is just I know that. I would taste the wine, then I would taste the cheese, then I would taste mm-hmm. the wine, and it's almost like two different wines. Totally, yeah. And and do you have any insight into kind of how or why that works? Somewhat, um, you know. For example, like with a lot of fattier cheeses, like the lipids will bind with your taste buds, and it'll basically create a coating that will enable different taste buds to function in different roles, essentially, oh, okay. on the palate. Interesting. And I may have just entirely made that up, but I think that's correct. You know what? I believe it, so we're good to go. <laughs> uh, but but things you know, such as Maybe if there's like the first pairing that we're going to get into, it has a what is effectively a jelly on it, which has a higher sugar content. And it's paired with uh, a blend that really doesn't have much residual sugar on there. And is that, that's what we're drinking so right now. So we're drinking right now. This is our 2016 arousal blend. So this is about 70% Viognier and 30% Gewürztraminer. Um, and so with the cheese, which means that we're white wine, white wine, blend, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I'm, exactly. I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, even totally. partly for me, because honestly, if I just heard those grape names, I think I would have thought they were whites, but I like yes. to confirm for those. That's totally fair. So Viognier traditionally grown in the Rhone region, the Rhone Valley of France. Um, and Gewürztraminer, if you can't tell from the name, is very German grape. Think Riesling, similar to okay. a Riesling okay. uh, flavor profile. Got um, it. So. And our pairing on the cheese, this is a sheep's milk cheese. It's a lamb chopper cheese from Cypress Grove Creamery. Mm-hmm. Pretty mild sheep's milk cheese. And the pairing that is on top of it, it's a little jelly. It's uh, referred to as Rosie's Hip Jelly. It is effectively a rose hip jelly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they have some standard, I think, and I'm sure somebody can fact check this, but I think they have to have certain parts per volume of rose hips to qualify as a rose hip jelly. Okay, that so makes sense. They made a little loophole. Okay. Oh, um, that's why it's rosy hips. Rosy hips. Exactly. <laughs> oh, There's a possessive okay. apostrophe on yes, there to yes. kind of get around it. Close, but not all the way but there. Not I like all the it. way yeah, there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah. I, I, okay. Let's dig in. So first we, what wine. do we do? Yeah. Talk yeah so, so wine. First the wine. Okay. Drink it all the way through. Smell it. You know. Get get to know it. I know it, and we're friends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, good that's, pals. Yes. And what I like to do typically is then eat the cheese, chew it through, and then when there's just a little bit left in your mouth finish the wine okay and then that'll kind of reintroduce everything all together and we'll see what we get okay so we're just the, right here yeah. on the end we're just pick up one of these a little, pieces a little messy there sorry that's all good i'm gonna get a little bit of more of that rosie's rosie's hip. hip jelly and we're chewing for those mm-hmm. who don't know mm-hmm. and we'll maybe add just some of this out maybe not maybe <laughs> just listen to us eat hey you know okay we'll wait till you get just a little bit left you know coat the mouth with it okay and there we go See, wow. Totally. It's like two different wines. Exactly. It, it's, um, how would you describe the difference? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm finding it's almost like a little sweeter, a little bit more mellow, a little less acidic, maybe? Is, On the, with the cheese. Yes. No, you're very, very correct. So, what I like to think about this is, is when we do our Gewürztraminer, and it's 30% of this wine, we do it in a very dry style. It's traditionally done quite sweet with, you know, 10 to 20 grams per liter of residual sugar in, you know, or more. We do less than one gram per liter of residual sugar. On oh, wow. So okay. very, very dry. But when you add in that rosy tip jelly, it's a pretty sweet jelly. It kind of reinvigorates the the sugar content of what you're tasting. So it really kind of blends in with that green apple, the, the white light fruit on, on the wine there, and just kind of mellows everything out. Less acid-driven, more of a body to it. Okay. That. 
And I yeah. totally noticed that. I totally exactly. picked that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And excellent. I like that. Yeah. It's super mild. It's easy going. You know, it doesn't linger. It's yeah. clean. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's such a nice, just like so now, today, warm, hot, easy going. Yeah. Little yeah. cheese, little little nice, nice wine. Rough afternoon. Right? <laughs> Life is hard for us. So difficult. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so now with this just experiment is how you kind of came around to this particular cheese and jelly? Or? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, in living our very difficult life, we have to <laughs> practice a lot. So you have to understand that. Okay, a sheep's milk cheese, if it's pretty mild, I might want to support it with something that has a little bit of a body, but not necessarily tannins, which for those that don't know, tannins, the thing in the wine that basically sucks the moisture out, you mm-hmm. know, big, bold reds, you'll be, feel very tannic in the mouth because it just eliminates all moisture there. With a mild, light cheese like that, that might kind of interfere too much. Mm-hmm. So it just requires a lot of practice. At a certain point, you kind of begin to understand that certain flavor profiles with certain wines should, in theory, go well together, but it's not an exact science. Yeah. It doesn't always apply. Yeah. So, and, and that's one thing, if anything, that I've definitely learned here is, uh, it, you know, doing this podcast uh, uh, is that, you know, a lot of this is just practice, right? Just, mm-hmm. I, I, it's tough. You got to so eat difficult. cheese and drink wine. So di- we call them whenever we change our. our uh, flights and the cheese pairings we put we get the cheese together on a board and sit down at our, our staff table and we call it our board meetings oh it's, it's cheesy as it sounds and <laughs> no, I cheesy like it. my goodness uh <laughs> you're just getting them all I'm working just killing there. it right now my my god um it, it just it does require that you you can think it's going to taste one way but until you taste it, it it could be the worst pairing ever yeah you just have to know yeah 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 and i've heard that in in other things like certain ingredients or whatever mm-hmm. in, in different things uh you know like in the gin episode or whatever they'd like this it's got the aromas it's got this Absolutely. it's got that and then as soon as you you know brew it distill it distill, distill it, it in yeah. there all of a yeah. sudden it's like yeah no nope didn't work <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. absolutely yeah. so same thing it, it looks like it makes sense and then you try it and then yeah. maybe not and so much not so much but it's just okay. all trial and error you know yeah. as a lot of winemaking is there's certainly theories and plans and things that should work and things the ways that they should go but you kind of got in there and, and taste that out of the barrel sometimes yeah it's just you need to know where it's at yeah. Yeah. Now, if I was putting together a party or something, then I could probably even, I'm pouring thumbprint wines because why would you pour anything well, else? Anything else, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I could even kind of probably, if I then given enough time, reach out to you guys and just say, hey, I'm pouring these wines. Absolutely. What cheese, if I want to do like a little charcuterie Absolutely. or something, or you guys say, oh, do this, this, this. Totally. This. I get that. I get asked that four or five times a week. Oh, wow. I got okay. asked it on Saturday. Somebody was buying some wine. They're like, hey, I'm taking this to this thing later you know i i have these three bottles which one should i take they're serving whatever it was yeah you know and it's like well you probably do well with this you know and there's certainly fail safes in that occasion like mm-hmm. kind of pinot noir is kind of a cheat code yeah because like a good medium bodied pinot noir that's not too jammy but not too dry nothing like that like that could go with anything almost anything you know? yeah, so there's right. certainly outs to that but mm-hmm. it's also fun like oh you're going to a barbecue man Syrah. Syrah and barbecue, such a power combo. Okay, noted. Yeah, good to know. And actually, the one we're getting into next, the Viognier, is also a great barbecue pairing. Okay. Funny enough. Um, So this is our 2016 Betsy's Vineyard Viognier. And Betsy's Vineyard is out in Knights Valley, which is kind of east, northeast of where we're at in downtown Healdsburg right now. Okay. Um, and so, again, as I kind of mentioned when we were talking about the arousal, Viognier is a traditional Rhone grape from the Rhone Valley. Um, you don't see it all too often as a standalone varietal. And it really, I, you know, I don't know the exact year 
when it really started taking off on its own, but it's maybe 20 years in the States that it's really been being produced as just a standalone single varietal bottle okay. of wine. It's typically used as a blending grape. People throw it in, you know, there's the, and I apologize if I murder this, but the Cote Rotis style, it's a, that's an area in the Rhone Valley, and the Cote Rotis style of making Syrah is to typically do, you know, a certain percentage Syrah, we'll call it 90% Syrah with 10% Viognier to whether it's mellow it out. And now Syrah tannins. is a red and this Syrah's is a white. A so you actually white. mix a little white exactly. in it. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. I did not yeah. know that they, I'd always assumed reds were reds, reds and whites were, red. were whites. Exactly. No. We, we do, uh, on a lot of our blends, we do have a lot of blends. Um, and, and on a lot of our blends, we will throw in uh, 2% Viognier or, or, you know, something like that. Just to, again, mellows it out or it adds a little bit more flavor complexity mm-hmm. in the layers of that. It just really depends on when the winemaker's tasting. Yeah. You know, see what's going on, give it a shot, see what happens. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's try this then. Yeah. So, so 2016 VNA, this one sees 25% malolactic fermentation, which is what gives Chardonnay that buttery body. And you could probably okay, get say, that right up front. About mm-hmm. to ask you to explain that. And mm-hmm. yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely very buttery. Mm-hmm. And it only sees about 20% new French oak, and the rest is neutral oak. So you don't get a crazy amount of oak characteristics on this one. Okay. Mild. We do, yeah. You mentioned this before we started recording, but we do refer to this one as the red wine drinker's white wine. Okay, because well, it has more body to it. It's not, yeah, oaky, buttery, anything like that. Good, clean. It's not as light fruity, acidity, not, quite not as fruity. acid. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, nice. But mentioning as fruit and acid. Yes. Well, we have this cheese coming up to pair with this. This is our dry jack cheese, and it has a little bit of dried apricot on there. Okay. So it's really. All right. So nice I just pairing. tried it, and again, we're gonna do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Chew it up and get it to a point where it's um, just a little bit left. Mm-hmm. Coating Man, I could eat so much of that cheese. I was about to say, I could just eat that straight <laughs> forever. So good. <laughs> mm. Okay. That's just crazy. It's great. Immediately bumps the acid up. Yeah. Wow. I haven't had that pairing in a while. <laughs> You're liking good. that, yeah. huh, right? That is good, actually. I mean, and, and that's, I think, something to kind of keep in mind and why I kind of wanted to do this. So, it's, I, again, it sounds like experimentation and or make a friend at your winery well exactly um good people to know yes (laughs) very good people to know but it's one of those where it's like uh, i mean it was a good wine Mm -hmm. i enjoyed that as soon as i had the cheese with it i mean i would i would i would have drank it before now drank there's good english again consumed (laughs) consumed there you go i would have consumed that before but now with this i I drink that all day with that cheese oh yeah i mean first of all the cheese was good and then then just the way it changed it changed the flavor in the wine yeah Yeah, that's a fun one. We've actually had that on the flight for a while because it's just, I, I can't get rid of it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is your standard tasting, right? This is anybody yeah, this is our standard in? tasting. Is... Five wines with five cheeses, two whites, three reds, and complimentary cheese pairing on each of them. We try and keep the cheeses as local as possible, uh, but there aren't as many creameries out here as, as I'd like. Um, so we do have one from a different state, but everything else is pretty much within a couple of hours of where we're at right now. Yeah. And that is crazy, and that is unique. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I've had, like, oh, have a cracker, or have a small piece of chocolate exactly. or something. Or, yeah. or maybe with this wine, have this cheese. But to have, like, the full setup, that's awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely. Great. And it's just, it's fun. You know, it, it really draws people in to, to because especially in Healdsburg, being so close to Napa, Napa can be very intimidating for some people that aren't into wine. You know, yes. people... A lot of younger people coming up from San Francisco haven't really gone wine tasting before. Or not even very, younger. That was it, me. Well, true. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely true. Um, actually, in fact, most of the people that have never gone wine tasting before certainly 
not the 22 year olds coming up from San Francisco. Oh, really? You, so yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not, not alone, alone by yeah. any means. Okay, by good. Any means. Good. Uh, but it's just a good way to kind of introduce people to more than just our wine. Say, hey, look at this cool thing you can do with it. Yeah. As well, really yeah. brings it full circle to kind of what we were talking about earlier. So. Yeah, yeah. Which I think again, it's it's really understanding the wine and learning about the wine because like mm-hmm. I said I knew very little so mm-hmm. you know I started asking questions and things but you know and, and again you get little bits of this and I think again it just helps give you that perspective absolutely um, but then I didn't know and this is the thing to remember all yeah. takeaway: ask questions absolutely um you know uh find friends yeah. uh, and or yeah. get, you know get conversations even follow up later and that's something I would totally. think I was always afraid to do I didn't oh, want to no, sound absolutely. stupid right no. there's there's so many different things that impact every part of not only wine, but wine tasting and the whole wine experience. Ask all of the questions. I mean, I we love answering them. It's yeah. what we do, you know. That's it's, a quote of the podcast right there. Ask all of the questions. All, yeah. I love that because yeah. that is so true and not, yeah. I mean, it, with wine, but I think everything. Absolutely. I think, but definitely, you know, anything you're drinking, again, this yeah. is wine, beer, spirits, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid at all because just the other day, I had somebody ask me a question, and I didn't know the answer, and it was driving me insane. So I sat there for 20 minutes and researched it. We all have computers in front of us. I can Google things. It's yep. kind of how I got through college. <laughs> um, and not only does that further your own education, but now I'm further educated in my own industry. And yes. I would have never thought of this question to ask. So you're really benefiting more than just yourself by asking these questions. And it's fun to, to be able to educate somebody. I mean, I'm very passionate about this, and I want to share that. Yeah. with other people that's why i'm in this industry yeah and you that's know. why we have the podcast exactly. here and everything exactly. else it's like let's share it and i yep. think i've over I, i've loved when i've sat there go yeah go oh, ahead yeah. and pour yeah yeah Don't, never hesitate to pour <laughs> wine come on uh, um but while i was uh, there's been times where i've been places and the person next to me asked and, and i just kind of lean yeah. oh over absolutely like, i don't want to know what they're yeah. saying what's going <laughs> on over there yeah it's, what's the answer yeah right it's all a uh, you know big educational experience but you also get to drink great wine and have fun yeah you know and life is good. Life is good. Not so, too tough. <laughs> what are we? What are we? We doing this here now? This is our 2014 Malbec. So this is from Dry Creek mm. Valley, uh, J&B Schmidt Vineyards. One of the we primarily source from very very small grape farmers. Only a couple of, of the families that we source our grapes from make their own wines. Okay. So um, primarily, you know, pretty much just grape farmers, and that's a big industry up here as well. So oh, that's got a great nose right off the bat. Beautiful nose. And the taste delivers. Just bright fruit screaming through. Nice oak notes on there as well. Okay, and I'm I'm more of a red drinker than a white drinker. So before I leave today, remind me I'm buying a bottle or two <laughs> or that, and I'm taking it with me I for starters. It. I know a guy. We'll get we'll get you. You know a guy. Get you taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah. So Malbec really kind of didn't uh, gain a lot of traction as well till recently. It's grown a lot in South America. Um, and, and people just kind of forgot about it. It's one of those Bordeaux varietals that people just kind of forgot about. It's used in blends and yeah. things like that. But, you know, Malbec kind of just was there, but never like, oh, I'm here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so it's 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 getting... It also there, right? Also there, yeah. It was like the, the other one, yeah. you know, off, off of Cab Sauv, Cab Franc, even Merlot. Before Sideways happened, Merlot was taking off, and then that movie came out, and... So I went Merlot. Merlot was gone. <laughs> it's coming back, though. Yes. Um, and so it, it's fun to be able to showcase varietals such as like a Malbec or we do a Carignan, we do a Petit Verdot, things like that that not a lot of people have heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, I, even Cab Franc, some people don't really uh, have a lot of knowledge on. So it's really fun to be able to showcase these 
not your cab sobs, your pinots, and your chardonnays. Yeah, little... ones that I think I associate in any way mostly with blends, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Primarily used to support a, a big bold Bordeaux blend, and yeah. not really stand mellow it out a little. Mellow bit. it out yeah. exactly because they can be temperamental grapes, harder to do on their own. So many factors that go into it. So it's 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 good to be able to be like, hey, here's the thing you've never heard of. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah, you know. Speaking Love of it. which, okay, cheese. yes, cheese. So so this moving down the line, we have it's a goat gouda. So it's a goat cheese um, from Central Coast Creamery. Excuse me. And it has a sour cherry spread on top mm. of there, which I could be buried in and eat my way out. <laughs> very happy. Um, okay, that is that is exciting. I, gotta, <laughs> I have to try this now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You said sour. I was thinking it was sour, but like it's not. Tar- it's not. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Okay. You could bury me in that. That eat my way out as well. It's sold. And now with the wine? With the wine. I need to eat more cheese with yeah, my wine. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Totally game changing. It really, really is. But what I like about the goat gouda, because goat cheese has, you know, that quote unquote barnyard taste. It's a little gamier taste. Mm-hmm. And it brings those elements into the wine because it's a very bright and, and pretty healthily oaked wine. So it gets another little layer in there to just kind of make it a little bit more complex as well. Yeah. Well, now I've had a couple of sips, and it that that the cheese stays with you for a little mm-hmm. bit. It doesn't like go away right away, so you don't have it to around. cheese wine, cheese exactly. wine, cheese wine. You can cheese you wine, wine, could. wine, wine, cheese wine. Yeah. Oh, but then again, why wouldn't you cheese why wine? Would, yeah, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I, all I right. need to go to the expert. That's um, all right. Doing it you know, wrong. There's no wrong way to do it. Just a personal preference, I guess. Is, well, is well I don't know. Cheese every other sip. Yeah, is, that's fair. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> I'd say that's the right way. Absolutely. What do we got? Moving on. So one of our flagship wines here is our 2015 Cabernet Franc from Ramazzotti Vineyards. Okay, this is and that's what we were just talking about. Just talking uh, about we were just talking about Cab Franc. Cab Franc, is one of those, exactly. Again, typically a blending. Right? Typically blending, you know, uh, it's... It, my first introduction to Cab Franc was a very old world style Cab Franc. I think I was probably 22 when I drank it for the first time. And then I didn't touch it again for probably five years. because. Really? For a, a young palate such as my, you know, I had at the time, very old world style wines can be awful. I guess is the only way to put it. It's yeah. not what you're used to. It's very different style, earthy, more acid driven, lighter alcohol. Things you're not used to. Where if you've been drinking California Pinots or California Cabs, brighter fruit, more oak characteristics. Or out of the boxes. Out of the boxes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But even then, yeah, just some of the more basic wines. It's going to have a very you're saying different, distinctive. Different, very distinctive, you know, more pepper notes, green pepper, black pepper, almost hot to the taste sometimes because it's it's just very earthy, mm-hmm. you know, not your approachable without a slab of meat or something. <laughs> yeah, you know. I need something to temper it a bit. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So this Cab Franc, our 2015 Cab Franc, it's actually 100% varietal. Okay. A lot of times you will see uh, this blended with... Maybe another one of the Bordeaux varietals, a Merlot or a Malbec or even a Cab Sauv or something as such. Uh, this is 100% varietal. It sees a mix of about 15% new French and 15% new American oak and the rest neutral oak. So you do get some of those oak characteristics. Some, some vanilla from the French oak, cinnamon notes from the American. 
Yeah, I'm getting that. And we did an episode on barreling there too. You so go. If yeah. you want to know more Absolutely. on barreling, go back and listen to that one. It was a it was a good one actually. That was a fun one. I That's sang fun. for that one actually. Oh, I did see that. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it wasn't good. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying. It's you know, all right. It's the roll out the barrel Lead song. It. There you, you gotta, go. It's got to be done. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm, but this is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another bottle I'll be taking home. There you go. Yeah, this one. Cap Franc has been one of our flagships for quite a while. The the uh, owner, winemaker, Scott, his wife, Erica, their co-owners, excuse me. Um, when he was first starting out, he was bringing home samples of of juice to kind of figure out his blends and stuff and he brought home a sample of the Cap Franc and they were sitting down to kind of taste and figure out what they wanted to do mm-hmm. and Erica tasted the Cap Franc she said oh, let's do that he's like well no these are samples I brought him he's like but why can't we just do that <laughs> right? I mean, that's good just go with <laughs> just, it just stick with it so uh, her favorite varietal Cap Franc also with her favorite color green the green right there nice of love as always. Yes. And that, and I can see why that might be, if you're not used to it, again, if you're used to more cabs or more mellower. Exactly. I think, well, cabs isn't a mellow wine. Like a Pinot or, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, how, well, that would be a little different. It might yeah. be a little bit much, but if you've got a palate, that's, that's, that's good in and of itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I, do, I do like that little peppery. Totally. You know, it's there. light. It's not as, as aggressive as some of those very traditional ones are. Yeah. Cause it's not, Overpowering, but it's definitely there. It's there for sure. It's yeah. got body to support and, and very light tannic structure so that you know that they're there, but they're not, you know, they're not the bell of the ball of the wine. They're not yeah. stealing the show. I like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a perfect way to say it. I like that. Yes. Yes. Um, and a really fun pairing on this one. This is a six month aged cheddar from Shelburne Farms. They're out in Vermont, actually, um, with a dried blueberry. And blueberries oh. with this wine is I think my favorite pairing I've ever had. It could be really? blueberry anything. Blueberry pie, blueberry ice cream, blueberries fresh off a bush, whatever it is. All things blueberry. Such a great pairing. With this cab from Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna try this out. And this is the cheese from another state. Another state, another the area, one that's not local. That's okay, because if it works. It works, they're doing great things out there. I mean, I do like local, I mean, local is always good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. It's good cheese. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, <laughs> I need more cheese and wine in my life. Yeah. I will have wine and I'll have it with food. Yeah, but I rarely have it with cheese. And mm-hmm. again, I'm noticing it doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, these no. are very small slices. Tiny pieces. And you could probably have, I mean, half of that, even a third of that. Oh, totally. a Small bite. Yeah, and still get the same effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very powerful little tasting tool. This is dangerous, though. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna be doing a lot of this. But like the fun kind of dangerous, so everybody mm-hmm. enjoys it. The best kind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The, the kind that should be there. All right. All righty. So, so we're sadly to our last bottle last here. Last one here. Okay. I mean, I do have some more stuff open downstairs, but Uh-oh. we can do that uh, off the record. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. Yeah. Or it did. I don't care. Yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> Y'all are missing out. Yeah. You got to come to Thumbprint come and experience. Downtown Healdsburg, right off the square. Yeah, and it is downtown. I mean, you right got a great downtown. little tasting room, mm-hmm. and there's that cool little square out there. Yeah. It's like, come out, get some wine, go have a picnic Seriously. or something. Or, Seriously, it's yeah. a good time. You hang out in the square. It's uh, we're getting into the nice time of year where it's not that hot anymore, but we don't get in the rainy rainy season yet. So, come on down. We're here every day of the week. Nice. So moving on here, this is one of our blends. So outside of okay. the Cap Franc, I'd say probably our other flagship wines are we do Bordeaux blends. 
Um, and this is our redacted blend. And if you can see the label, it is the description is actually redacted. <laughs> it actually and is. Things have been stricken from the record on that. Now, now, now I'm going to be super curious what words you guys redacted. <laughs> so, so on the label, the, on the description, it's actually it's, got the words I'm blackened out. There. Still trying to find that out. I don't, oh, are you? <laughs> I don't even have clearance for that yet. Oh, okay. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so this redacted blend is a blend of 31% Syrah, 24% Cabernet Sauvignon, 20 one percent Malbec, sixteen percent Merlot, five percent, five percent Petit Verdot, excuse me, and three percent Grenache on there. So primarily okay. the Bordeaux varietals on okay. that. Yeah, and we just previous to this uh, had an episode on Bordeaux varietals. Nice. So if you want to know more on those specifically, what are they and everything else, which I did, <laughs> definitely check that one out. But Perfect. in the meantime, so those are so this is definite blend, and it's primarily you're saying. Primarily Syrah, Syrah and Cab okay. and Malbec. A little bit of the Malbec in there. And then the rest kind of tossed in there as well. I'm going to be coming home with more wine than I thought <laughs> I was going to be coming home with. That's what that says. It tends to happen. Yes. Yeah, so this is... And actually, I think I might... No, I drank it. I say I know I've brought home a bottle of the redacted bread before because I actually remember it being redacted, redacted on the label. label. Yeah. I'm not sure what else I brought. I, I, had, I think maybe the Cab Franc was the other one. Anyway, totally. I came with a couple bottles, yeah. and the intent was to hold on to them, and they didn't last very yeah, long. Yeah, I have that problem, too. I, I take bottles home to lay down quite a bit, and I, they've never made it longer that week. It's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's enough for a rest, uh, and then exactly. you're good to go, right? Just, you know, take a chill. Yeah. yeah. You don't need no Sleeping Beauty kind of wines, yeah, right? I don't yeah. need any of that. I'm ready to drink now. Yes. <laughs> so our okay. pairing on this, this is from Cowgirl Creamery, uh, right out on the coast over here. Uh, this is a wagon wheel cheese, and it has, it's called a Midnight in Paris Jam, but it's effectively a pear butter. It's pears, oh. nutmeg, and vanilla. Mm. So this one was a, kind of a tough pairing to come up with at that um, our last uh, board meeting that we held. We went through four or five different things trying to figure out what we were going to pair with this, and yeah. this ended up being the winner. And, and so you just, just have a bunch of cheeses out there, a bunch of, like, I know jams, fruits, jams, jellies, fruits, everything, everything yeah. I can think of. Yeah, it's really, really tough day of work. Now, here's the problem with that. I'm gonna actually oh, yeah. no, I'll tell you the problem with that, and then I'm gonna eat this. Um, <laughs> is that you know, for me anyway, because you're you're tasting and you're uh, you're probably spitting. Well, yeah, I was gonna say because yeah. like they just get tasting better and better. So <laughs> exactly, they, I mean, it could be garbage. And you're like, this is the best. Exactly, it's the had, greatest right? thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. yeah, and you're eating dirt, but you yeah. know, we we do spit at least to start. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. It's actually a good thing mm-hmm. in the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recommend against it mm-hmm. in general, and I'm talking with my mouth full here. Apologies. <laughs> you know, if you're tasting a lot, if you're doing a lot of those things, mm-hmm. if you're driving, you know, those kinds of things, be smart and responsible. Always drink responsibly, taste responsibly. Yeah. And also, if you're tasting the taste, palate fatigue is an actual thing. It does occur. Yes. Typically, after your first or second tasting... By the time you hit that third place, you're not really tasting the wine like you should be. Yeah. So. And I've done some marathon tastings. Oh, yeah. And they're fun. Yeah. But you're hitting that fifth and sixth place. Yeah. Even, the like I said, the third, fourth, even, you're starting to push your limits. I, yeah. You're pushing the limits, I think, at the third. You go the beyond third, that. yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, I think I've yet to have a one of the fourth, fifth, whatever stops. I mean, at the time, I think it's my favorite oh, in the world, the right? Thing <laughs> yeah. Ever, everybody's awesome. The wine's amazing. Yeah. Yep. But then later you taste it, and it's never quite the same. And and not only that, but then it's like, I don't know, you, you, that memory's not, and not that I'm drunk or anything, but it's but just like still, you know, it's I always, different. yeah, I seem to have a better memories, mm-hmm. fonder memories for those first few. Looking, so, taste yeah. smart. I mean, taste, you know, taste, taste intelligently. Yourself. Yes, we've all heard the stories and probably have experienced it where. 
you wake up the next day and you've joined three wine clubs and <laughs> none of that wine I is good. I haven't done that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no. Actually, I think I have avoided that so far. I mean, I'm not to say I haven't joined wine clubs over Certainly. the years, but I think I've managed to not yeah. do it in a, a uh, influence Yes, state. exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to come up with a word too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the word for that? Smart. Yeah. Responsibility. It's, it's very difficult. It is yeah. actually, mm-hmm. especially if you're an adult. So. Oh God. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> we can talk about that for a whole new episode. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's like, actually the episode will just be don't and then don't. it's over. It, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Problem solved. Yep. <laughs> So what do you think of that pairing? Um, that was good. That was yeah. Again, same thing. I mean, it, it's amazing what that does to the wine mm-hmm. and and how that pairs mm-hmm. and and again how it just kind of again I, I just kind of think mellows it out a little totally. bit. It, it, yeah. But in a in a good way where Very you're getting all the the best of the wine. Almost. Absolutely. It's, and especially in in something like a blend, especially a six varietal blend, there's a lot going on. So there's certainly going to be something that right from the start is going to really skyrocket into your palate. Well, if you do it with a pairing, it can kind of mute that one thing and let the rest of it get settled in and really come forward as well. So it just adds those layers and complexity to, to the wine that you may not have otherwise even noticed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, any anything else you want to share? Any kind of parting words? We're getting close to wrap up here. Or anything you want to come visit us come visit us there you go that's easy <laughs> that's easy enough no um, yeah uh, we're, we're we're always uh, happy to host everybody you know we like to keep things pretty casual i mean i'm in a baseball hat and shorts right now and i'm working the floor so we're approachable and casual and, and we like to have a good time here and, and really introduce people to things that they may not have otherwise ever seen so yeah. come visit us yeah and i like that about thumbprint yeah. and i like that about just healdsburg and, and totally. actually sonoma county i think in general yeah. it's it's a little it's a lot more i think laid back casual kind of it's a place to just come and hang out absolutely and that's i briefly touched on it earlier it's you know being in such close proximity to napa which Napa is the mecca of, of California, of American wine, really. Yeah. And so Napa is is a fantastic place to go, but it's a little more intense, and it's a little bit more of very established places and people and winemakers and things like that, where, you know, we're just west. Yeah. Come on over. A lot more laid back, with still pretty relatively undiscovered, in a sense, especially Healdsburg. A lot of people know of us, but most people really don't. And so come in and everywhere you go around here, it's just really laid back, casual. Yeah. Want to present to you a very high quality product, but without a lot of the, you know, the big show about it as well. It's a very approachable place to be. Yeah. And I'll suck at that. I mean, if, yeah. again, go to Napa because it's Napa, right? It, you got to do But it. you yeah. got to also either spend a day or two also over in Sonoma or mm. pop over or plan just a trip to Sonoma. And I think... I don't know. Some people may still like Napa, but a lot of people that I know that have tried both um, really enjoy Sonoma. So well, pop over. Totally. And and, and it's it's certainly a, a trend that's occurring that people are kind of more discovering Sonoma County because the market is changing so much for who is buying the wine. It's people that their parents went to Napa when they were growing up and they don't want to do that. So <laughs> yeah, there <they're>, you go. <laughs> they're coming to the different places to have just as good a wine, but hang out with people that... Uh, are not gonna lecture them on how to say certain words or how to taste or things like that and just have yeah. a relaxed, casual experience. Yeah, have some cheese and have some wine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and life is good. Life is perfect. Excellent. Well, there's, I've got just well, a little, uh, okay, we gotta pour just a little that. bit. Yeah, I can't cheers with a sip. Absolutely. So that's good. That's good. And right we, yeah, we need something to cheers with here at Absolutely. the end. Uh, how do we 
fine thumbprint sellers. You yeah, guys absolutely. ship and all that other fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I'm we assuming. ship to pretty much all states, uh, with the exception of like Utah and Kentucky and Mississippi, but we can ship everywhere else. You can find us online, thumbprintsellers.com. Find us on Instagram at Thumbprint Sellers. We're pretty active on there. Uh, you can find us at 102 Matheson Street in downtown Healdsburg. Uh, if you have any questions, you can give us a call or email us. Uh, you can find all that information on the website and the Instagram. Yeah, and then reach out, get some of the wine, ask for the cheese pairings Absolutely. that we've had today, or just re-listen and make notes <laughs> and uh, and try this because it's it's awesome. So. We're at theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Again, if you want to reach out, contact us, uh, tell friends, rate us, all the other good stuff. Give us the stars, you know, all the the things the podcast want, right? (laughs) And I think that's it. So until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.